That's called Ramblin', and it features the Jack Wilson Quartet, along with Roy Ayers on Vibes. Jack Wilson, of course, is on piano. Roy Ayers, as I just said, is on Vibes. Monk Montgomery is on bass, and Varno Ballo on drums. This is a title track of the 1966 album. See how I, I go all the way back, way back, just for you. <laughs> this is Lead Stories. I'm Beatrice Lead. And guess what day it is? It's not just a Friday. It's Free Your Mind Friday. That's what it is. Uh, where I am here, we're, we're being inundated by thunder, lightning, and lots and lots and lots of rain. So I guess we needed it uh, as, a, as a break in the suffocating heat uh, that has been over us for at least a week or two now. But uh, today it's rain. So we are thankful to you, O oh Lord, for chilling us out. Okay, so what is Free Your Mind Friday? Free Your Mind Friday is a day in which the audience expresses opinions. I, I keep going over this ground, but it is important because you should know when you're rendering an opinion as opposed to just talking. This is not just talking. There's something that has caught your attention because you have a bone to pick with it or you have a position to take on it. And Free Your Mind Friday allows you to do just that. It does not matter. I repeat this as, as emphatically as I can. It does not matter whether you agree or disagree with the opinion you've just heard. If you agree, all well and good. If you don't agree, then work on your own opinion, you know, and come up with something else. But we do have to learn how to present our cases on whatever it is the subject is, uh, you, you should have an opinion. Opinion is not, don't get uh, uh, messed up with this. It's not what you think. That's not an opinion. I think so and so and so and so. That's not what you think. That's what we have been cultivated to think. You say, well, I think so and so, and therefore that's an opinion. It is not. An opinion gives indication that you not only uh, have thought about it, the, the issue that you're talking about, you've thought about it, of course, but you have examined it more closely in order to come to a definitive position on it. That's right. So now... When you've done that, you have an opinion. Until then, please don't, please don't talk about what you think and what you feel. 
that's not an opinion. We, as a nation, uh, we have not been inculcated in certain things that we ought to by now, considering we are supposedly one of the leading nations of the world. We ought to be a thinking people. And we ought to be authoritative and make the effort to at least inform ourselves on a subject or an issue before we pronounce where in the scheme of things where we come down on which side. But it is vitally important that we develop the attitude and the skill to have an opinion, to pursue an opinion. That makes you more useful, not just to yourself, but to the community, because you will be presenting perhaps a side of the issue that nobody has really thought about before. Or they're now seeing the light that you have come up with something else to consider as you think about a particular subject. Okay, so we're clear. Your feelings are not an opinion. An opinion is what you come up with when you have done a little bit of homework and you've looked into an issue a bit deeper to get a more uh, relevant understanding of it and that informs an opinion. And then you have an opinion. And whatever that opinion is, it becomes more and more credible when you present facts or information that shores up your point of view. And now you have an opinion. But I'm trying to disabuse people of the notion that you just get up and say, well, I think so and so and so, who cares? That's not an opinion. You're not opining. You're just yammering. And we need more. We need more thinking going on out there that helps us understand issues more clearly. Not important, I stress again, not at all important whether People agree with you or don't agree with you. Um, In fact, you can use that as a measure of how effective you were in presenting your case. Right? Okay. So there we are. Now, the number to call is 888-874-4888. And we are open and ready for your business. Give us a call and tell us what it is you are opining about today and give us some background. What's the reason? 
what's your rationale for holding a particular opinion, and uh, we go from there. 888-874-4888. I should have mentioned that among other things, besides the rain, we having major thunder and lightning here, <laughs> and I see already it has decided my 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 uh, communications uh, apparatus here as not cooperating with me uh, as it ought to. But I can see you when you call, 888-874-4888. What will we be hearing from you today? I'd love to know. And how do you make your case? I'd love to know that too. Okay. So what I need is a little bit of time to switch over to see if we can get, uh, if I can get this back up because I, I got lost in the sauce here. <laughs> I get cut off without much fanfare here. You just get cut off. So give me two seconds and I'll reboot. Okay. Uh, Henry. Okay. Thank you. Henry, you're on the air. Greetings, Yatrice. Uh, hope all is well with you. Oh, Henry from Chicago. What's going on? In your oh, neck of the world. Greetings, Yatrice. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, oh okay. All right. Well, greetings, Yatrice. Hope all is uh, well with you. Um, we're supposed Thank to be getting some rain as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I love the uh, rain, as it turns out. I really am a rain person. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, hope you and the Lead Stories and PRN listeners have a safe, productive weekend. Um, I wanted to Thank continue you. the conversation you had yesterday in regards to, and just to paraphrase uh, the question that you proposed to us yesterday about what the media coverage is uh, trying to do uh, as far as imaging this young white terrorists who gunned down uh, several people at a shopping, uh, at a grocery store in Buffalo. And one of the things that I took out of it, uh, as far as what I believe that the media is doing, is, is that they're minimizing the, 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 the seriousness of white supremacist terrorist organizations. And I think they're, they're, they're definitely minimizing it because yesterday you had two callers. And I take umbrage to what they responded to. I won't mention their names, but when I mention what they, you know, what they, they responded to, they'll know who I'm talking about. And so you had two callers that mentioned the word distraction. And... I, I really had an issue with that because distractions are not, you know, when I think about distractions in the news, you know, what Jay-Z thinks about, you know, geopolitics or, 
you know, who's the next man Kim Kardashian is, is, is dating. That's distraction. A white terrorist coming into a, 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 a grocery store gunning down multiple people under the banner of white supremacy is not a distraction. That is a serious issue. And I, and I give credit, I'm going to call him out, I give credit to Ed who called back to, you know, to re-clarify his statement about it because he was the only one yesterday who basically uh, 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 addressed, that, addressed that particular opinion. But it, it unfortunately is working among this lead story's audience about minimizing the seriousness of white terrorism. I mean, we cannot really sit here and say that this is a distraction. This is a serious issue. White supremacist organizations are organizing not just in this country, but all over the world. You have white supremacist organizations. You have a battalion in the Ukraine who is still part of a nation who is fighting under the banner of, of, of Nazism. And so, you know, and then when you look at the news reports, yes, they're, they're, they're calling this white terrorism, but they're not naming any name, any organizations, any leaders of these organizations. They're not even making this connection to the Ukraine because when I called, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Tuesday or Wednesday about this, they had a picture of this young boy with the symbol of the black sun, which is prominent on the emblem of the Asphalt Battalion. So there is a connection. And then when I talked about the New Zealand killings that happened a couple of years ago in the, in the mosque in New Zealand, uh, 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 this, this, young, this young man in Buffalo supposedly was, you know, motivated by that, as well as, you know, uh, the, the El Paso uh, killer uh, in 2019 who shot up a, a, a bunch of uh, uh, Latino immigrants uh, in that particular town who was also motivated by the, the mosque killings in, in, in uh, New Zealand. So for me, I, I just, I, I am really upset and disappointed that, you know, some office members in the lead stories, uh, lead stories listeners and participators went into this particular uh, uh, game of the media by minimizing the threat of white supremacy, terrorist organizations, in this country and around the world. This is not a distraction. This is something that we need to pay attention to. Or maybe because I'm a black man, I, I, I don't know, I need to pay attention to that. But, you know, who knows? But I, I understand that, you know, with, with what is going on now, with the number of killings that's going on, and, and one of the callers basically said, you know, um, that... I guess this incident is supposed to make us believe that majority of white people think like this. Well, it doesn't matter how many white people think like this. The, the fact of the, the, the scary part about it, it is whether it be a few, whether it be many, that there are white people among us who think like this and may react because that one white boy killed 10 people. So that's dangerous within itself. So I, I, you know what, Utre? I, I, I mean, I, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I may have lost some friends in this, in this circle, but you know what? I, I have to express, you know, what I believe 
is going on. And what I believe is going on is, is that people are people, including your audience, who I don't understand because you have taught us how to read. You know, you did that thing about reading between the lies, and you have to look at the story. But we cannot ignore the uh, we can't ignore the uh, the the the, uh, the seriousness of the story. Now we could we could look at how it's being reported. But the seriousness of this is that lives have been lost for no reason at all. Just by people walking into a grocery store, lives have been lost. And that's what we have to take out of that. Thank you, Henry. A very sober note and very appropriate to start us off today with. Thank you so much. Jackie from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Good afternoon to you and to our listening family. Okay. Thank you. Good I, afternoon to you. I I propose I have a different topic I want to talk about, but it somehow ties into the past week's discussion. Uh, it's my belief, and I'll tell you why, because you said you don't want us to just give an opinion, but it's my belief that we are living under a crime syndicate which has been uh, forthright and is established through the uh, elected officials and corporate uh, connections nationally and internationally. Okay, the basis for my coming to that conclusion is my own personal um, experiences um, and also what I see is happening in the news. First of all, uh, we see that the monies, they just open a spigot to just send money to the Ukraine, regardless of whether or not the Russian government will eventually overthrow the Ukrainian government and will be in power. So where all these billions of dollars is going and how it's going to be distributed, nobody knows. Even Mitch McConnell, who I never thought in my life I would agree with him, but he even said there should be an inspector general appointed and there should be an accounting of where these billions of dollars are going. Okay, that's on the international level. On the national level, we find out that 40%, 40 to 50% of all baby formula is manufactured by one or two companies. Hence, we're now facing a shortage of infant baby formulas. And now, as I look into this issue more and more, it's not only attributed to infants, but children that have special needs, that they need special type of enhanced nutrition, they are impacted by this. Uh, women that are on WIC, which is a low-income food program for women and young children, they're impacted, and working women. So now the question becomes to women, oh, why don't you just breastfeed? And as I heard this woman very simply say the other day, you know, a woman's breast is not a, a faucet that you just turn on and breast milk comes out. It takes, uh, you know, a time and a procedure and uh, effort between the mother and the child to establish a bond and for the mother to nurse. 
And because of the corporate pressure and the income pressure that women are under, they can't usually stay home and breastfeed. They get six weeks or four weeks maternity leave, and then they have to go back to work. So all of these things are all interconnected. Now we find uh, that the president is saying, oh, we're going to do uh, some type of international agreement with foreign corporations to provide infant formula for children here in America. So if people don't wake up and see that this is all interconnected, that how corporate and um, legislative bodies are all kowtowing to the same profit motive. Profit plus, um, what do you call those people, political strategists and um, who people visit the, uh, I can't think of the name of it, when they visit the elected officials and try to get them to vote for the corporate Lobbying. Lobbyists, thank you. So you got the lobbyists, you got the corporate interests, you got the political uh, elected officials who all are sold out to the corporate need. So in the meantime, we, the people, are living under a crime syndicate. There's nothing in this society that you cannot speak about, whether it be gas, whether it be food, whether it be health care. Uh, I'm right now personally trapped in some kind of health care uh, HMO issue uh, when you're a senior and you sign up for these plans. And then you find out later all these things. Uh, you have to pay for this. You have to pay for that. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So, and uh, the, what, what troubles me is that a lot of people really don't understand that, not because they don't care, not because they're not interested, but I think they're just trying to survive. And it's not until you find you can't get infant for, for, uh, formula or you have to pay $37 a pound for fish, then people start to say, why, why do I have to pay $6 for gas? And then they start to, you know, they don't tie it all together. But in reality, it's all an overarching syndicate for to oppress, oppress, and take advantage of the people. And all these things all right. come out of you. No, I, I, we got your point. Thank you. Thank okay. you for right, have a good uh, suggesting. Thank you very much. Okay. Have a good weekend. You too. 888-874-4888. Gwen, you're on the air from Manhattan. Hi, Atrice. Good afternoon to everybody. Um, I, I want to just uh, say uh, I agree with Jackie. I really do. Uh, and I think uh, I wanted to also acknowledge Henry for his tact and decorum when he was uh, talking about uh, some of the words that I used yesterday. I'm, I'm very happy that he uh, just kept at, you know, at the opinion part. And I just wanted to clarify that uh, my opinion about these shootings, and I hate to sound that like, um, like callous or, or, or I'm just feel like I'm getting used to it because they're happening so much. No, they're very, very significant, and they're all important. And we were listening to your show again last night. I put your show on for my friend, and we sat and listened to it again from yesterday because we're very concerned about these shootings, but what we've noticed is a shift with the shootings, too. So it was like we had one black subway shooter in New York, 
And then they gave us a white shooter at a black church, uh, at a black supermarket in the Bronx. So if you're somebody who feels that these are orchestrated, you know, you're starting to look at how they're being orchestrated a little differently. You know, we're going to give one over here and one over here. But I think ultimately the idea is to drive this country into full throttle race wars. That is where they want us to go. So what, what the idea is, is, you know, uh, is we're going to keep, keep fanning the flames, keep creating these incidents and people on the ground are going to start fighting with themselves over who got killed. But what I was trying to raise the conversation, the, the attention of the audience up to, was that it's not enough just to react. It is not enough to be a knee-jerk reaction to these things. You know, I am also one of those people that, uh, you know, 3,000 people died at the World Trade Center. And it was a terrible tragedy. But I can't, I had to look at it. I couldn't look at it for at least a year afterwards, but I had to look at it more carefully. And I had to look at the facts. And after looking at all the facts and hearing architects and engineers and many people qualified builders, including my father, I had to, I had to look at this thing again and say, is it possible for anything like that to happen in this real world? Because, in fact, it's not possible. A building does not fall down in the middle of the afternoon when nothing happened to it. And that's exactly what happened to World Trade Center 7. So I want to make sure that everybody understands that I was not trying to minimize people's pain in how they feel uh, about uh, the, the, the people that are being shot. Uh, that it is very significant. It's very important. Uh, racism in this country has been, uh, as every black person knows, and, and uh, many white people like to deny, it's been going on for at least 400 years. But, you know, if you even listen to the origins of racism, that too was orchestrated to pit us against each other as well. So what I was just trying to do was to lift the attention up to a, a different focal point, because it to me almost goes without saying that this is a horrible tragedy and that people have suffered and continue to suffer. You know, my own husband, I don't know if the audience members know, but, you know, my own husband was African-American. How we met was we met through uh, doing uh, protesting the upzone in Harlem because we both knew that people were going to be cleaned and wiped out of their neighborhood through gentrification. So I want to make it clear that, the, the racial issues come very close to home for me. My husband's brother was shot in the back of the head, as many of you know, by a policeman in 1963 and killed. He was, ex he was executed. And that never went anywhere because the family at that time couldn't do anything. They were powerless. You couldn't bring charges up against uh, a, police, uh, a, a police force at that time. And that, that, that my husband's mother suffered her whole life knowing that she was powerless to do anything upon the execution of her son. So I just want to make that clear that if I spoke yesterday and, and it was not intended to hurt anyone or to make you feel that uh, the, the, the taking of black life was any less important than anyone else's life. It's more important, in fact, because it happens every day systematically. So I just wanted to put my opinion about that out there. <laughs> I like the way you, you came around. You came around. Being with you is like being in a race you, car. You, you, you got to okay. hang on to that wheel. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for calling in today and contributing. 
Ed Thank from you. Queens, you're on the air. Good afternoon, Eutrice. Good afternoon. What's going on by you? Well, you know, me and the Psalms here hanging. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to... Hanging in, thank, still hanging in by your thumbs. Still hanging in, still hanging on. I just wanted to thank my brother from another mother, Henry from Chicago. I appreciate you, because I, I really felt it necessary, other callers aside, to address this as it should be addressed and not get clouded and not get diluted and, 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 and not lose focus. This is a famous major problem in this country. It has been for many years, and it continues to be. And these shootings are just a surface manifestation of it. And, and, and what, I'm, what I'm talking about is, is, is white racism, is white supremacy, and it's, and it's institutional racism. And it's part and parcel of this country. And these shootings are just the tip of the iceberg. When I was in the military, for example, back in the 80s, there were several occurrences of racial biasness, of murders of, 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 of murders of military personnel that were swept under the rug, that were allegedly suicides with uh, mitigating circumstances, that because they were under the uniform code of military justice, they were pushed away. And uh, Leslie Brown Marshall has an excellent program on another radio station, and she talks about this also. Um, there's a prevailing lack of respect for African-American people in this country. There are the, the, uh, the Dred Scott decision is still on the books in, in, in the Supreme Court. And, and we, we cannot, we got two things we must do. Number one is government must be held accountable. As I stated yesterday, they can run counterintelligence programs to, to, to undermine and usurp every positive movement in this country. Why can't they not under, why, why can't they use the same voraciousness against these white supremacists and these murderers? Constantly we find after the fact they've posted uh, manifestos, they've copied manifestos, they've, they've, they've made their intent expressly known over different social media platforms. But for some reason, you know, the, 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 the law enforcement of this country can't seem to get, get their head out of their behind and stop these people in their tracks but they can do it with everyone else. I don't understand that. Number two, we've got to, we've got to disabuse ourselves with this fantasy about the gun. The gun, the Second Amendment, it's all a bunch of, in my opinion, personally, it's a bunch of BS. We, we, we need to re-examine how firearms are used in this country, how, how they're pervaded in this country, the ease of getting it, of the ease of getting them. This kid was 18 years old. He couldn't buy a case of beer, but he could go out and buy a Bushmaster. And, 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 and nobody thought this was unusual, or nobody thinks this is strange. Um, you know, and these gun manufacturers, they are allowed to make these weapons and allowed to, to sell the, the accessories to facilitate these weapons for maximum killing potential. You don't need a 30-round magazine. You don't need uh, uh, um, uh, black talon bullets. You don't need a, a kit to modify your AR-15 to make it fully automatic. And, and once these weapons are used, these, and I know it's a, it's a heavy lift and it's a hard stretch, but we had gun control arguments in this country years ago. I remember them when I was a child. I remember there was, there was actually resistance to gun. Uh, there, there, there was a movement for gun control in this country. I don't know what happened to it, but we need to revive it, and we need to hold these manufacturers 
Smith and Wesson, Remington, Beretta, they need to be held accountable. Anytime someone uses these weapons, these executives should go to jail. They should be held they should be held criminally and financially liable anytime someone uses one of their weapons to do one of these mass murders. And that's my piece. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. We'll take a break right now and come back to continue the sound off featuring your opinions right after this. You're listening to Lead Stories on PRN.FM. I'm Eutrice Lead. It is Free Your Mind Friday. And uh, as I opened up today, uh, and we're doing really well, I must say, uh, people are tightening up their presentations and giving us opinions Not what I think and what I feel, but opinions and backing those opinions up with examples that reinforce their points of view. I'm really pleased, very pleased about today. Brother David from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Uh, I'm going to get right to the point. The United States, my opinion, was never created... (laughs) to be a democratic nation. My opinion is that those people who broke away from the monarchy in England uh, were replacing the monarchy with what they knew would be a plutocracy, masquerading as a democracy. And that's what I think about what there was... uh, replace the monarchy of the English. And the formation of the Constitution uh, with the Senate and the way it was formed, and there's no mention of democracy uh, in the Constitution, as I know about. Uh, It was to replace the monarchy with a ruling elite that runs this country. So my opinion is that the people (laughs) do not run the United States of America. It is run by the ruling elite, and it's masquerading as a democracy because uh, they are not worried about the people. They are only concerned with enriching, enriching themselves at the very top. So... That is the way I feel about that. Now, as far as the uh, mention of the the formula system for feeding uh, infants, well, I come up from a family where uh, there was nobody felt fed with a formula. Everyone was breastfed by the mother. And if we were really, in my opinion, is that if the United States government really interested in the welfare of the infants that need that mother's breast milk, they could do things to make it possible for all children when the mother was able, if the mother is able, could nurse their children whether they go to a job or not. So that is my opinion about that. So it's a matter of fact that uh, to suspect 
that your your worst enemy, the the ruling elite, the corporations that run the country, are going to do what is best for the people, the masses of people, is uh, you know uh, very interesting, but it doesn't make sense to me because you can't expect your enemy to set something up that he has designed to benefit himself uh, to do what is good for the masses of people who live there. And this is the same enemy that committed ethnic cleansing against the indigenous people and uh, uh, genocide against them. So we have to come to our senses that it's no surprise that this system that has been mentioned by quite a few of our members of our community of uh, divide and conquer is a technique that is used very effectively to control the masses of people for the benefit of the small elite that run the country. Thank you. Thank you. Let's see how received, well-received it is by people commenting. Thank you, Brother David. Jeremiah from Harlem, you're on the air. How are you today, Trees? Okay, Jeremiah, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, I really appreciate um, the previous callers, and, uh, you know, I, I love the the regular callers that call into your program. I think everyone offers a, a great perspective. But I do want to push back a little bit on a, on a couple of different comments. Um, you know, first of all, you know, um, I guess I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist in my own right. And, you know, I think we should be consp conspiracy theorists because I think there are conspiracies going on all the time. I think it's part of human history. It's part of human daily existence, unfortunately. And um, I think it's, you know, the, I, I, like I have a personal saying, which is the only thing more ridiculous than a ridiculous outlandish conspiracy theory is to pretend that there are no conspiracies. Um, but that being said, you know, when Gwen, a, a caller who I, I'm very fond of, first of all, but, um, you know, makes the comment that, uh, that, you know, first they offered us, you know, a black subway shooter in New York, and then they offered us a crazy shooter in Buffalo. I mean, what is that actually implying? Because, I mean, we live in a country with like approximately, what, 350 million people? And people are psychotic, unfortunately, a percentage of the population is, and, and they're having all their um, psychotic strings pulled by psychotic television, psychotic movies and video games and everything. I mean, you have these people who are just pumping themselves up on murder and death in a million different forms, and then just like that, one day they pop and go and, and, and do something utterly insane and, um, and, and disgusting like what happened in Buffalo. And that takes me to my next pushback, which is, again, to a caller that I'm very, very fond of over the years, my brother Ed from Queens. Um, I find it fascinating because I've trained in martial arts for most of my life, and I do not, unfortunately, from my point of view, have experience in firearms. And, um, you know, brother Ed has uh, pointed out 
that he's, uh, you know, someone with a military background. So it's kind of ironic, I guess, for me to take this position. But what about the community's ability and right to defend ourselves with guns? Like, I don't disagree with so-called common sense gun legislation. I think, first of all, yeah, you should be 21 to buy a gun. You shouldn't um, not be allowed to drink beer, but you are allowed to have a gun. Um, You know, and I think... You know, yeah, background checks and all that kind of stuff, because these things could kill people. Like, the, the ability, the right of someone to not be killed is more important than another person's right to own a gun. However, I do think it's problematic when we just say gun control, and we're not talking about gun control for the U.S. military and for the police who have been abusive to our community. So what about the Black Panther Party principle of, no, we will defend ourselves. And that white boy, pardon you know, the crudity of my, my speech, but you know that, that racist individual who went to prey on black people, mostly black elders, he should have known he was going into a more dangerous situation than what he was going into. But unfortunately, we have all this gusto for using guns against each other in the black community. But a man like that knew he could walk right up into the community and kill a bunch of people, and no one would pull a gun on him and kill him. So, you know, I don't know. It's a very complicated discussion in terms of, um, you know, the right to defend oneself relative to so-called common sense gun reform. But I just want to put that on the table that, you know, there is the principle of self-defense. And maybe some of these militant brothers in the community who have been involved with gangs and whatnot, maybe, and I think it has, there's some precedent for this, but, you know, maybe some of that aggression can be rechanneled into, you know, new Black Panther Party type of type of politics and awareness. Thank you very much. I don't know if you're hearing the thunder here, but it's it's kicking. Thank you oh, very excellent. much for contributing today. And Marcus, you're on the air from Wisconsin. Thank and you very I believe much for, uh, uh, okay, there you go. Okay, I, I was hoping that uh, I wasn't shut down by the lightning. Uh, thank you very much, you, Therese. Uh, I, I'm glad you're here, too. Uh, thanks for letting me jump in on this uh, excellent discussion with all your very astute, perspicacious callers. Um, I just want to provide a context for, if I can, um, just to get us to look a little below the surface from what's being discussed today. Um, Henry Whiteley rightly brings up uh, white supremacists um, as a threat in the country. Certainly true. Has been all through American history. If one digs into the history, racism was created for a reason. It it was not a concept that existed among peoples until elites realized that it was necessary for them to protect their interests. It it was a way of social management, of social engineering, to protect their interests. This is what David, I believe, is talking about when he talks about the ruling class. 
we've had one for 10,000 years, and they've known these tricks. So uh, even the point um, that Jackie made about there are two companies that own uh, the baby formula that produce it. How is that different from a criminal cartel? It's it's the corporation, the corporate structure that we live in is criminal by nature. That's the problem, I think, is we don't recognize that. They need racism. Why, why Why did this recent killer we're discussing uh, wear the black sun and uh, other insignia sported by the Azov Battalion. One of the reasons is, is because we send them billions of dollars. (laughs) The U.S. government supports them. We are openly and have been since 1948 openly supporting Nazis. If they had to exist, if white supremacists had to exist on their own hook, you know, organize themselves, win adherence just on their own rhetoric, they'd be nearly invisible. They have to be supported. They have to be supported and funded and their program generated and put forward in a very conscious manner by the same semi-hereditary elites that have been in charge for 10,000 years. So uh, uh, with Jeremiah, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy analyst. That's That's the phrase to use because, of course, he's correct. Conspiracies exist. Capitalism, our economic system, our political system, uh, uh, just the structure of our daily lives at work or in the university are conspiratorial by nature. If you want a different outcome, you have to have a different system. So uh, this this goes to Ed's point. Uh, uh, let's say I even agree with him about uh, okay, let's uh, let's limit or get rid of or make it very difficult for people to acquire firearms. His suggestion was that the same government that these people control are the ones who are going to implement the control over what a, what is in fact a benefit to them. That's simply not possible. And for people who believe that owning guns is going to somehow protect them from tyranny, if you don't, if people generally as a group don't have control of their social institutions, it doesn't matter how many guns you have. If you have guns, they have, uh, they have Sherman tanks. They have Abrams attack helicopters. They have drones. Your guns don't matter if you're not organized. Uh, Jeremiah's point about neighborhood defense. Yes, that's exactly right. We do need neighborhood defense. We also need neighborhood strategies for people when we are attacked and when when the the semi-hereditary elites the rich specifically they are your enemy 
they're the people who organize all of this. They're the ones who orchestrate the government. They're the ones who fund the Nazis. They're the people who steal your money and transfer it to the entities and organizations that serve them. So I think we have to have a larger context for we are taught to chop away at branches instead of pulling up the roots with, with the power of our collective legs. To me, this is why these things keep going on. This is the media's job. The media's job is to give you branches to chop at, never ever the root. And that's the university's job, the, the, the media, that's the structure of the entire society. The, the structure of the entire U.S. society is look at the branch, ignore the elephant in the room, pay attention to the details, don't see the structure. If you don't see the structure, you can't ever do anything about it. And the basic conflict is that wealth and power are concentrated in so few hands that even though you outnumber them, millions to one, they control what you do. This, this goes back to the insight of uh, the British empiricist philosopher David Hume in the early 1700s. He called it the paradox of government. He said, why do the many who are strong submit to the rule of the few who are weak? He said, there's only one way you can do it. You have to control what the many think. Now, that's not conspiracy theory unless you believe that the classic works of political science and philosophy in the Western world are conspiracy theory. Then Machiavelli is conspiracy theory. David Hume is conspiracy theory. Okay, I mean, Thomas Hobbes, Leviathan is conspiracy theory. It's silly. This is propaganda to get you to not see what's going on. It's a silly distraction, and we have to learn to be adult enough to educate each other in, in, in the proper, in the history, so we actually understand what's being done to us and by whom. As long as we're expecting a corrupt government to fix our problems that they create, we, all we can do is stay stuck. That's it. We're stuck on stupid. We can't ever get out. We'll never get organized. We'll never see through it. So that's the, that's the context I want to add to the discussion today. Because I, I would implore us, please, to look deeper at the cause of these things rather than the endless results that they dangle in front of us like hypnotic coin. <laughs> well, thank you. Quite thank a message you. you delivered today. And I'm, um, for one, very grateful for it. Thank you so much. Thank you very I much. I want to say how impressed I am today with the aggregate offerings of, of your minds. I can sense immediately, I don't have to wait, I could sense immediately 
an upgrade. Do you? Do you sense it? That the you make the effort and you raise the bar so that we cannot tolerate yammering from, from this moment on. Yammering is banished. It's dead. It's finished. I listened very carefully to how you crafted your opinions, how you took care to make sure that you were being very clear, very precise in what you wanted to convey. And I, I, I have to say, you followed through right on the dot. You didn't waste time. You didn't waste words. You were dead on. And it was of great benefit, I think, certainly was to me, of uh, listening because we got quite an education here today. And I thank you. I thank you for that because this to me is what radio is for. We teach each other. And it's not just facts and information and so forth. We teach each other technique. We teach each other how to craft an argument. And how you would notice it, 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 there was no funny stuff going on here today, except, of course, I'm chuckling in some instances because you hit the nail right on the head. And I said, look at that. Is happening before us. We're listening to it happen. We're evolving. And that's incredible. That's incredible. That we can talk in a purposeful way and raise, as they, they say about the sea, it raises all boats. This is great. I especially want to thank you for that effort. I especially want to, to let you know how impressed I was when the, the thought and the effort were concentrated on one thing. I've got something important to say. I have my reasons for saying it. I want you to hear me out and ponder what it is I'm saying as I listen to others. And this is a very powerful tool. So my thanks, my great thanks and admiration for the effort you made today to raise the bar. We ain't going back. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, it's the weekend. Have yourselves a good weekend. Spend as much time as you can with family and friends. And just relax a little bit. And take pride in what you do every day that you, you probably don't think is special. But it is special, as we have seen today. Thank you all. I'm very, very, very proud of you. I'm very proud of us. We make a good team. See you Monday. Bye-bye.